It is Friday, November 17th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Injuries, the big story from Thursday Night Football. And Harbaugh accepts his fate. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Ravens smash the Bengals in a game marred by injuries. It's unanimous. Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna, your most valuable players in Major League Baseball. And Jim Harbaugh accepts his three-game suspension from Michigan. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Ah, AJ, just, ah. Mm. Ah, man, I just hurt myself. Uh, That's what happened all night last night. In Thursday night football, uh, the game started out with a good, productive drive by the Baltimore Ravens who beat the Bengals 34-20. But on that opening drive, after two catches, Mark Andrews goes down, rolled up on by one of those, uh, what do they call those things? The hip uh, tackles that they're trying to yep, outrun the drop, out? The hip drop tackles, yep. The hip drop tackle where you just kind of, you know, go limp and let your body weight like drag down on the player that you're pulling down to the ground. And the league is, you know, calling this a major safety issue. And we saw it last night when um, the player who made the tackle rolled up on Mark Andrews ankle. And now the reports coming out of Baltimore are not good. It looks like Andrews is done for the season. Yeah. And it's a a huge blow. I mean, he is, the the key receiver for for that Ravens offense he is the key the key cog uh key weapon for Lamar Jackson and by the way the same same player tackled Lamar Jackson the same way later in the game and banged up his ankle he wasn't the same for the rest of the night we don't know he finished the game so we don't know any long-term implications there but and and also also Logan Wilson was involved in the hit in the tackle that Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. suffered his shoulder injury. Oh, God. Yeah, listen, I, I the, as of now, the tackle's legal. Uh, so I, I'm not going to be one who says, dirty play, dirty play, until the league says, hey, you can't tackle guys like that. Yeah, I'm going to say tackle guys like that. It, it's, uh, it, it's within the rules. You do it. Um, but it is, you know, it's a, it's a good way to get guys hurt. And it, it took out, you know, a, a huge weapon for the Ravens last night, almost took out another. Uh, but the Ravens weren't the only ones. Scott, because Joe Burrow left this game early, and I mean the Bengals' chances went out the window with him. They're a JV mm-hmm. team when he's not on the field, and it it led to some suspicious talk about uh, the Bengals and how they're approaching the injury report. Yeah, and and with all due respect to Mark Andrews, and it is a big blow to the Baltimore Ravens, and he is their top wide receiving option. The bigger injury here is Joe Burrow because the Bengals with this loss dropped to five and five. And without Joe Burrow, if he's going to miss more time, this is a team that's going to miss out on the playoffs. And Burrow, according to some Internet videos, had a brace on his wrist on, I guess, Wednesday. He was not reported on the injury list and he played in this game. He makes a throw to Joe Mixon. And he grabs his wrist immediately, and he couldn't even grip the football on the sidelines, AJ. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it, it looked pretty bad. Look, but it, again, like you said, there's videos saying that it was a, a injury he had coming into the game, but clearly reaggravated it to a point where he couldn't close his hand. So, um, it, it, and Taylor said he doesn't know, like the long term outcome of this. He doesn't know if mm-hmm. he's going to have to miss multiple games. Obviously, they've already had their bye week. He was he got he got over another injury during the bye week. But you're right about the Bengals' playoff situation. Right now, the the seven seed in the in the AFC would be the Houston Texans. They're sitting at five and four. There are four teams piled up at five and five: the Colts, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Bills. And currently, the tiebreakers have them sitting in that order. The Bengals at the in the Bills are tenth and eleventh in the AFC. Twelfth, the Chargers. Thirteenth, the Jets. Think about that. If I told you coming into this season, before week one got played, that the Bengals, Bills, Chargers, and Jets would be sitting at 10, 11, and 12, and 13 out of 16 teams in the AFC, it would have sounded so insane. But that's where we're at, man. Yeah, and and I can't help but look ahead at this Bengals schedule. And in their next game, they play against the Steelers. The Steelers, who are already, according to all of metrics, the luckiest team in the NFL, and on Sunday play a backup quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and then the following week, next week, could get Jake Browning quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's all yeah. coming to Pittsburgh, AJ. No, but it's look, unbelievable. Without Joe, without Joe Burrow, this is not a playoff team. And we saw Jake Browning, a, a valiant effort last night, but he's not the guy. Clearly, this team—it's—it's uh, it's been a, a, a bad—it's been a bad season. There's no other way around it. it. Joe Burrow had the injury in the preseason. Once again, does not have a a full training camp. He starts off the season slow. They're zero and two, and then you know he everyone thinks that they're back and he's healthy, but he probably injured himself in that game against the Texans where they blew, you know they lost the game and then he hurt himself last night and that's it. And and this might be one of those uh, I, I don't want to say just. Just, just chalk up the season, but if he's out for the next game or two, and they lose the next game or two, it might be time to just consider, you know, looking ahead to next year. Yeah, and I, I don't know that there's a team that gets worse. I, may, I mean, it, we, we haven't seen the Chiefs in some time without Mahomes, but I don't even mm-hmm. think their drop off was as bad as this. Like Joe Burrow, when when he's not on the field, the Bengals don't even look like a football team to me. Like I, I don't, they're all. It, it might as well just be like some sort of wildcat offense. There's just, there's nothing to them. Uh, he's one of the most valuable pieces to his team in the league by far. And you're right. It, even if he's, it we we see what Joe Burrow is when he's you know sort of healthy, and it's not good enough. Like he needs to be on, and it doesn't look like he's going to be on. Uh, at least for the next couple of weeks, if not more, like who knows his wrist sprains on your throwing hand. It, I mean, it could be, mm-hmm. it could be a week. It could be a month. And if it's a month might be too late. And, and Jake Browning probably is one of the worst backups in the league, like right up there with Tim yeah. Boyle of the jets and maybe even Kyle Trask in, in, in Tampa or, or Clayton tune, I guess you can say, but there are certainly a lot of other backup quarterbacks you'd rather have over Jake Browning right now. As for the uh, numbers from last night's game, Lamar Jackson finishes with 264 yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for 54 yards. Gus Edwards, the Gus bus, with 62 yards and two touchdowns. Keaton Mitchell rushed the ball eight times 
for 33 yards. So Harbaugh wanting to get him more involved in the offense. Uh, he did have a long of 21, but he wasn't as involved, I guess, as people thought he might have been involved. And then Odell Beckham Jr. has his first 100-yard receiving game in eternity, it seems. Uh, four catches, 116 yards, but he did leave the game with uh, re-aggravating a shoulder injury that he did have. Yeah, the Ravens get to they get to eight and three, which has to feel good for this team. I, I mean, you feel like a team now sitting at eight and three. They're 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 a playoff team, uh, barring some like Lamar's head falling off. But I mean, these are these injuries are piling up, and the late season schedule is not all that forgiving. You know, they're they're at the Chargers next week. They get the Rams uh, with Stafford. They're gonna they go to Jacksonville. They go to San Francisco. And then they host the Dolphins and the Steelers in the last two games. It is, it's not a, it's not going to be an easy finish to this season for the Ravens. But now they've also got to consider their team health. And that's got to be yeah. the most important factor because it almost becomes like an NBA thing where you've got to start thinking about the playoffs because load the, management. The, the the Ravens are in a position where they're probably in the playoffs, and now you've got to decide, well, how important is, you know, being the number one seed, things like that. And I mean, I think being the number one seed is so much more valuable now than it's ever mm -hmm. been because you only, there's only one team that gets a buy. Maybe that's what they're thinking is that's our, that's our load management is we get that a second buy basically that none of the other teams in the AFC would have uh, if we get the one seed. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how Baltimore manages their health over the, over the, the last half of the season. Well, before we move on to the uh, rest of the schedule for NFL Week 11, let's just address the monkey in the room. We lost all versions of our same-game parlay yes. through no fault of our own, but uh, the reactions on Twitter, AJ, I got to say, you know, it, we, we, are, we live in an era of sportsbook refunds right now where <laughs> it, as soon as somebody gets hurt, everyone wants their money back. And if you don't get your money back, it's someone else's fault for you losing your money. Now, listen, I get it. Like, I lost money on it last night. I, I, I played just separately as a straight bet. Mark Andrews over four and a half catches. I gave and he that was out well to, on his way, it looked like. Yeah, I gave it out to my clients on pregame.com. It was one of my best plays uh, for the night. And he had two catches on the opening drive and unfortunately suffers an injury that was out of his control and he's done for the season. And it's a huge blow to the Baltimore Ravens. That's not anybody's fault. Well, maybe it's the linebacker on the, on the Bengals, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not anybody. Like, injuries happen in football. It's a dangerous sport. But to see people on Twitter just react and say, oh, you better refund my money or, uh, <laughs> wow, you know, good thing you guys uh, work for the sports books. That's why you gave out another loser. You know, I had somebody tweet me last night about giving I out another loser. Those. Yeah, well, it's because you know why? Because I actually tweeted out the actual same game parlay card, like ah. from DraftKings. So mm. I showed people what we have. Did you but tweet you know out the what? plus 1150 winner last last week? Yeah, no, I should have done that, but <laughs> it's all right. But you know what? Hey, we're going to get back in the lab. I thought that last night's episode uh, or, you know, last night's, you know, same game parlay when we were cooking it up. The think tank. I, yeah, I thought it was really good because we're, we're kind of approaching these things in a different way. Previously, we've just been just hitting prop bets. You know, like we're, we're just we're giving out the three prop bets that we like the best and now we're 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 hitting them and we've done such a good job of him this year but i think really trying to come up with what are the correlated plays 
that make the most sense based on how we feel the game is going to play out, I think that's just going to go a long way. Like I was joking around with RJ when we were recording the the dream preview and we were recording the same game parlay. I said, man, if we just spent all of our time (laughs) cooking up like these same game parlays, I bet you we'd be really profitable at the end of the season. Now we're profitable already, but I think there's a good way to approach these things that isn't just a lottery ticket, if that makes sense. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we like we're we're approaching it in a different way. Like, it's not just hey, these are our three favorite pro- pro- props. Add them together, and this yeah. is the payout. It, like, we're actually trying to find stuff that correlates together. I, I I'm enjoying it. So it's going to be fun. We'll do it again. Uh, you know, for Monday Night Football when we have our uh, our Monday morning episode here of Straight Out of Vegas. A.M. Well, let's talk about the Sunday week 11 slate, A.J., and there's no international game this week, so you get to sleep in a little bit. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) But you got the Steelers and the Browns, and we mentioned it before, but Cleveland starting Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback with Deshaun Watson done for the year. And I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. P.J. Walker graded as the worst quarterback in the league per PFF. Uh, he was 17 points lower than the next worst guy in the league, Aiden mm-hmm. O'Connell. Like he's just, it's a massive drop off, uh, his turnover worthy play rate, 7.6%. It's a full percentage point higher than the next worst Tyson Bajant. DTR just has to be better than that. I, I mean, it, it, the Steelers needed two defensive touchdowns to win this game. The first time at home Yeah. Th- to me, the Browns, even on a backup quarterback are the better team. Steelers are the luckiest team in the history of time. It, like I, I, I'll go to my grave not able to explain it. I don't know. All I know is the Browns are a better team than the than the Steelers. So laying just a just a one is, is something I I have to do. Well, DraftKings Sportsbook has the Browns now up to one and a half, and the low mm. total in this game thirty three. That is a really low total. Let's it move is. on to the Bears at the Lions, and Detroit is an eight-point favorite up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Total of 48, and here's a little nugget. Uh, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions have covered 11 straight NFC North games. That's a, that's almost unbelievable. I, 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 I mean, I guess they've been good for now. This feels like year two that they've been good. But, that, I mean, now you're talking about, you know, uh, this is going into the year before that. They're still covering all these games. It's impressive. Um, I just don't know that I trust the Lions' defense. And they, they've given up some numbers that are alarming. And I, I know we thought they were good at the beginning of the season when they shut down the Chiefs in Kansas City. And we're like, wow, this mm-hmm. team's playing defense now. The league's in trouble. The defense has kind of come back down to earth. I, this feels like a pretty high number to me. It's, it's hard to back the Bears for sure. But this field, this does feel like a high number. The Chargers, your herbs are at the Packers, and the Chargers three-point road favorites. Total of forty-four. Yeah, this is a total pass for me. I, I don't want anything to do with backing the Chargers right now, and um, I, I certainly want nothing to do with the other side. It feels like the under would be the way to go. I backed Jordan Love last week and uh, was left disappointed. <laughs> um, so. The, the only thing I'd look at here is the under. I, I don't have a feel for the side. you have anything? Yeah, I would go with the uh, – well, I'm on the Chargers in the first quarter, but I think if there's if you want to not do Chargers in the first quarter, you can do Chargers to score first. And if you can find that bet up on the DraftKings Sportsbook, that's one that I would make, Chargers to score first. 
The Chargers have scored first in seven of their nine games this season, and the Packers have allowed their opponents to score first in 10 of their last 16 games overall. So this is not just an issue for this year. This is like going back a ways. So I like the Chargers to start off the game scoring first. And to me, that correlates into a Chargers first quarter lead. So I'll take Chargers in the first quarter over the Green Bay Packers. Let's talk about the Raiders at the Dolphins. So you have Vegas having to go cross country to Miami and the Finns, a 13 point favorite total of 46 and a half. I think Miami dominates this game. This is the they've they've played four average like below average to bad teams at home this season, and they've dominated all of them. Uh, they are bullies, and this is a bully spot for them. Uh, it, it, the Raiders, there. I get the reinvigoration talk. I I understand it to an extent. It, it, there is like a buzz about them that wasn't there before. But let's keep in perspective that they beat the Giants and the Jets, and we. Let's not go bleeping each other's bleeps just yet. So uh, that's what I would say is that this is a this feels like a, and all those teams that they beat the Patriots, the the Panthers, the Giants, the Broncos. None of them had to come from Pacific time all the way to East Coast time for a 10 a.m. start. Uh, it, this feels like a bad spot for the Raiders. So let me ask you, the Raiders team total is 16 and a half. If I told you the Raiders do not score 16 points, do the Dolphins cover this game? Absolutely. Okay. Well, the Raiders team total nine and one to the under this season. Nine and one to the under on their team total. This what are season. they since Pierce has been there? Nine and one to the under <laughs> on their team total this season. <laughs> Uh, well, last week against the Jets, I mean, they scored 16 points. And then the week before that, they only scored, well, they scored 30 against the Giants. So they, I would guess, one and one. So they yeah. went over against the Giants and then under against uh, the Jets. Although maybe over against the Jets because they were underdogs. Yeah, 16 is no, a pretty good number against the Jets. Well, if they're nine and one, then I would assume they're one. Yeah, and you're one. right. So it was probably 16 and a half um, in that game as well. Let's move on and talk about the Giants at the Commanders. This is a game where you and I held our nose and picked the Giants on the Dream Pod. We got plus nine up on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. It's plus eight and a half. So people are agreeing with us on the New York football Giants. The thing that I, that it comes down to for me, yes, I know Tommy DeVito stinks. Yes, I know the Giants are horrific. Like they're one of the worst teams historically. Like if you just look at DVOA, like, I, I didn't even want to say this on the Dream Pod because it would just be embarrassing for me to make a pick on this team. But the Giants are the 13th worst team, according to DVOA, through 10 games since 1981. Wow. That's, that's how bad. bad. That's how bad this team is. However, they beat Washington 14 7 earlier this year with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Like three weeks ago. Earlier yeah. this year is like just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, with Tyrod Taylor. And seven of the last eight games between these two teams have been one-score games. Washington was three to three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I just don't see how you can make it nine now in Washington. I I would have thought if you asked me to make this spread, I would have said Washington laying seven, maybe seven-and-a-half. Nine? I'll take the extra points. I'm with you. Uh, this is It's too much of an overreaction. And I, I don't – like, again, the summer line on this game was the Giants were favored by a point and a half, and now they're they're nine-point dogs. It's it's wild. Uh, I, I 
you're right. Tommy DeVito's a, a massive downgrade, but he, like even Fez said, he's a, a six point downgrade from Daniel Jones. And that yeah. would have been peak Daniel Jones, which is what we expected coming into the season. Mm-hmm. So I get, so there, there's six points where, where's the other five points coming from? The, the commanders certainly aren't upgraded significantly, in my opinion. Like, if anything, they're even. But I would say trading away their best pass rushers are probably a little worse. Yeah, they had one um, sack last week. Yeah, it, it's it's super hard to back uh, DeVito. I, I, I get it. I, and the re- my whole reasoning for playing the, the Cowboys last week was he's not a real NFL quarterback. I still believe he's not a real NFL quarterback. I honestly hope they bench him at some point and, and just let Matt Barkley play. Mm-hmm. But... I, I still think in this game, it's this isn't the Cowboys. The Cowboys, that's what they do. They In home games, if you're weak, they make you look terrible. The Commanders aren't doing that. Yeah, I agree. The Commanders also at home this year, uh, 0-3-1 against the spread. So good, good, good nuggets there for the New York Giants. Well, speaking of those Dallas Cowboys, they are on the road at the Panthers and Dallas laying 10.5 points with a total of 42.5. If you're looking for my favorite bet all season, which has been the Panthers to cover the first quarter, which they're eight and one this season, ATS, uh, the Panthers plus two and a half points in the first quarter. I mean, any chance I can get a clean three there? Probably not. I'm I'm thinking not. Uh, but this is this is a game where I wanted to back the the Panthers. But the Frank Reich news, you know, just kind of turned me off to it altogether. I was thinking to myself, well, the Cowboys aren't as good away from home as they are at home. Uh, I prefer to back rookie quarterbacks when they're playing at home, which Bryce Young would be. But all of this tumult going back and forth on play callers, that's got to be terrible for a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's enough to to take me off the game altogether. I, I lean Carolina, but I won't have any money on it just because it, this – I think Carolina is handling this thing so poorly. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, let's go on to one of my best bets and my actual best bet on the Dream Pod, which is the Jaguars laying seven at home against the Titans. This was a crossfire with RJ. RJ was on the Titans, and, and for the life of me, I, I just don't know why. He loves um, he loves Will Levis like Will way more Levis, than I do, certainly. Yeah, but Will Levis has the fourth lowest success rate at quarterback, ahead of only Tommy DeVito, Zach Wilson and P.J. Walker, and the Jaguars secondary top five in coverage grades overall, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, if we talk about the running game stopping Derrick Henry, the Jags have one of the best run defenses in the NFL, according to EPA, and they are number one in success rate against the run. So I think they're third in rush DVOA. Yeah, yeah, the Jags defense is absolutely going to be able to stop this Titans offense. And then we, we look at this as a bounce back spot. It's the perfect bounce back spot from the Jaguars. They got blown out last week, embarrassed at home by the 49ers. So now they're going to be ultra focused for this game against the Titans. Since 2012, winning teams. So you have an above 500 record, right? Winning teams who lost their previous game by 20 or more points. They bounce back the next week, covering 59.6%, and 53-36-2, a 2.7 point cover margin. Now, if you're favored by seven or more, 60.9%. Uh, 14, 9, and 1 ATS, 3.58 cover number. Just seems like the Jaguars can name their number here. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Uh, I mean, these division games, I think, are usually closer than we think. So name your number might might seem strong. Uh, but I, I certainly and – and for me, it's hard to trust uh, t- Trevor Lawrence right now. He, he hasn't looked – 
himself this season. Yeah. But I trust him a lot more than I trust Will Levis. I think this is a lower scoring game, really. I, I just think Tennessee has a hard time moving the ball, period. I do prefer Jacksonville on the side, but I, I think I like the under uh, better than everything, And which maybe my, my favorite play on this would maybe be a, a Titans team total under. The Cardinals are at the Texans, and Houston laying five points against Kyler Murray. It seems like the market is really high on C.J. Stroud and the Texans. With good reason. Uh, He's on pace to have the greatest rookie quarterback season in NFL history, and Mm -hmm. when you consider what he's got around him, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Offensive line's improving. They're running the ball a little bit better now. The Cardinals defensively are just awful, particularly in the secondary. Um, the Falcons are worse than we thought they were on defense, so I'm not going to overreact to that win last week. I still think Arizona is the worst team in the league, uh, and, and the Texans are starting to build back a home field advantage. So I, this feels like a spot I'd like to I'd like to back the Texans as well. I think the over is the way to go, though. I, I think both these teams are going to have a lot of success on offense. I, I do think the the Arizona offense is obviously much better with Kyler Murray. We saw that instantly last week. They, they, he's he's a, a very impactful player. But this, the secondary for the Cardinals is just so bad. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud should have a lot of success. So I, I think this is, a, this is a shootout. The late window is just only three games in the afternoon window. The Bucks are at the 49ers. San Francisco laying tw- uh, 12 points now up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. It was 11.5 in the contest when I made it one of my plays. So I'll take the CLV. And to me, it's just about the 49ers being healthy. They are healthy now, and what do we know about a healthy 49ers team? Well, in the first couple of weeks of the season, the first five weeks of the season, they scored 30 or more points. Then the injuries happened. They lost three straight games. They had their bye week. Now they got healthy. We know Trent Williams and Debo Samuel and Brock Purdy, and they scored 34 points last week, and it could have been more. So that means in every game in which the 49ers were healthy, They've scored 30 or more points. They're 16 and three against the spread in their last 19 home games, playoffs, including. And 12 of those games that they won saw them win by two touchdowns or more. So I think they're going to blow out the Bucs. I'm with you completely here. I think uh, at home, their offense is so good, uh, healthy right now. Yeah, this is a a smash spot for for San Francisco. It's a big number, certainly. Mm Uh, I, I like the team total over for, for San Francisco, but that, that's a, uh, that's a, a, the side I'd lean for sure. Seahawks are at the Rams and Seattle laying one. And this is one AJ. It's like a blind bet for you. It really is. You'll, you'll never get me to stop back on the Rams against the Seahawks. This is uh it's clockwork, baby. McVay 10 and four ATS against Pete Carroll, six straight ATS winners plus 5.3 points per game margin. I, I was I said this on the Dream Pod. Go back to last year when Seattle had to have a win against the Rams in week 18 to get into the playoffs. And they were playing the most skeleton crew version of the Rams you'll mm-hmm. ever see. And the Rams were beating them. They were handling them. Seahawks got a late field goal to tie an overtime field goal to win it. But the the Rams are just different with Stafford. They dominated the week one game, and that was without Cooper Cup. I think the Seahawks are like slightly better than the Rams, mm. but getting points at home with a plus matchup, this is a, it's a no brainer for me. I, I, I like the Rams here. Feels like this could be a good teaser candidate for the absolutely. Rams. Yeah. Uh, well, especially if you can find a one and a half, that would be nice. Or if not, just do a six and a half point teaser. 
And then uh, the last game in the afternoon window, uh, the Jets are at the Bills. Buffalo laying seven at home. You already owe me barbecue I from do. the first game that these two teams played. Do we run it back now, double or nothing? Oh, I, I don't want to bet on that. Like, are, are you wanting to take the Jets again? I, I, I'll be honest. I, don't, I want nothing to do with either of these teams. The Bills aren't a team I, I want to back by margin, certainly. And the, the, the Bills lost this game to the Jets early in the season when they were playing better, they were healthy, and the Jets quarterback broke his foot off in the first series of the season. Thanks the, for the reminder. The, the Jets should absolutely be the play here. But in order for the Jets to be the play, you have to you have to back Zach Wilson, and I'm not willing to do it. Um, the Bills are in shambles, but I don't think the Jets are the team to take advantage of it. This is a total stay away game for me. The Vikings and Broncos will do. You can't just skip in- over it. I got to know your thoughts on the Jets. My thoughts are that the Jets should have won the last two games, and now the season's over. Okay, that's the thoughts. Okay, this team is pathetic. They had a, they had a players only meeting. If, if they had anybody else at quarterback, they'd probably want, win the last two games. Josh Dobbs wins the last two games. I keep saying that for the New York Jets. You know, Michael Carter gets cut. So, the, you know, trouble in the running back room. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I think everybody is certainly on the hot seat. And I would not be surprised if there are wholesale changes after this season is over. Why don't the Jets just run Wildcat? I think they'd be better off running Wildcat. <laughs> Just let Brees Hall run wild. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be better off. Uh, OK, let's talk about Sunday Night Football. The Vikings at the Broncos. I gave out a play on this one on the Dream Pod. It was the under in the first quarter, which is at seven and a half minus one twenty five. And we have two really good under teams in the first quarter. The Vikings nine oh and one to the first quarter under. And they average uh, just 2.6 points scoring and 3.3 allowing. Denver allows just 3.9. This is also a Denver team that is one-dimensional. They have one rushing touchdown on the entire season. So if all you're going to do is pass and Brian Flores is going to blitz and get after you, I think the defense will come up with stops. So uh, I I like this to be an under game, and I especially like low scoring early. Yeah, it's funny you say one-dimensional. Russ hasn't thrown for 200 yards since week four. Uh, And Brian Flores blitzes at the highest rate in the league. Russ, no one has a bigger drop-off in passer rating than Russ when he's blitzed versus when he isn't. I mean, it is over 30 points in passer rating he drops. So I'm with you. I I think the Broncos' offense struggles even more than usual. And I think the Vikings are good. Like, I... Vikings plus two and a half is probably the best teaser teaser leg of the week. I I, I don't see a way that the, the Denver Broncos get margin from this team. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. 
for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. The Big Ten probe is over, AJ, as Jim Harbaugh accepts his three-game ban. So he will miss the final two games of the regular season against Maryland this weekend and next week against Ohio State. And that's the one where I think, you know, it's really going to hurt Michigan. But as far as this weekend is concerned, Michigan at Maryland Week number two, without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines, do you think it impacts them? They're laying 19 points. I don't. I, I think if anything, you know, we saw last week, Michigan is is playing hard for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and if in, if there's any team that is going to give an FU, it's, it's Michigan. And I, we talked about this being a look-ahead spot for, for Michigan. And the last time they played Maryland, it sandwiched between Penn State and Ohio State was two years ago. And they absolutely beheaded Maryland. Like they did not look ahead at all. Um, I think Michigan staying locked in without Harbaugh, and I, I think they dominate in the trenches. I, I would lean to Michigan in this game. It's a huge number, but I, I think Michigan keeps handling business. Yeah, Michigan going for their one thousandth win as a football program, and uh, Sharon Moore who was crying on the sidelines last weekend, <laughs> will be, we'll be the head coach. Uh, there was just one game on the schedule last night in college football. Pittsburgh, a 24-16 win at home against Boston College. They pick up just their third win of the season, AJ. Yeah, and went about how uh, how we thought it might. I said it's, it was a weird number that, that Boston College was uh, was a dog here to, to a bad pit team. Mm-hmm. And I just said, so let's stay away from that, and let's just uh, let's just say it's going to be a low-scoring game, and and that's exactly what we got. So uh, just forty points up in this game, and uh, there was never more. Neither team scored more than seven in any in any quarter. Uh, just a, an ugly, grimy game. But yeah, Boston College, I, like I said yesterday, I think maybe settled in. Uh, they they got their uh, they got bowl eligible. They're happy yep. with that. They're moving on. Get out of Dodge. Well, what do we have on the schedule for tonight? Only two games. UTSA is a 16-point favorite hosting South Florida. Uh, there is look ahead for UTSA. Next weekend, 
next Friday, actually, UTSA plays uh, against Tulane, both teams unbeaten in, in conference play. The winner is going to go to the conference championship. The loser is probably not unless SMU gets upset uh, mm. in, the, in the next two games. So I, I would look at UTSA and Tulane as teams that I'm not willing to play on this week because I do think both of them have some, some pretty big look ahead. Now, uh, what, do you, what do you think about UTSA's head coach, Jeff Trailer getting interviewed for the Texas A&M job? Is that a distraction for him and his team, or is it a motivating factor for him and his team? I think, well, I think absolutely it's a distraction for the team, but I think it's a great call by Texas A&M. Like, and normally Texas A&M, not the kind of program who wants to take a guy from a, a, a G5 school. They want the big splash, the big fancy name. And Jeff Trailer is not a big fancy name, but I think he's a hell of a coach, and I think he would do a great job for Texas A and M. So, that I think it's a, a great idea. I, I just don't know that I don't know that it's great news for UTSA right now uh, as they're trying to win the American Conference. Elsewhere, Colorado is at Washington State. Two corpse teams in the Pac-12. I shouldn't say corpse teams. They're both both of them trying to get to bowl eligibility. If if either were to go two and zero, they'd be bowl eligible. The winner. If Colorado wins, they they're a win at Utah away from a bowl game. If Washington State wins, they're a win at Washington away from bowl eligible. Uh, minus four, the number for Washington State. I don't really have a good feel for this. I I've got I would like to back Washington State here, but I've got no confidence in them right now. They've they've fallen apart. They hit they stopped being good about week three, uh, and I am totally off the train. What do you think? I think that uh, everyone that votes in the Associated Press would like it stricken from the record that they actually had Colorado ranked earlier this <laughs> season after the 3-0 start. So uh, they would like us to just rewind history and say that never happened. I will say this for Colorado. Shador Sanders, whatever you want to clown on Colorado about, he's had a phenomenal season. Like oh, you yeah, can he put can play, yeah. You put his numbers, like just his yard, he's 3,144 yards, 26 touchdowns, three picks. He's right there with the Bo Nixes and the Michael Penixes and the Jaden Daniels. Like he's up there with those guys. His team is just four and six. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's had a phenomenal season. It's going to be lost in the shuffle because Colorado stinks, uh, but it, it's been a hell of a season for him. It is supposed to be pretty cold, though. Uh, into the 30s out there uh, in Pullman, Washington uh, tonight. Let's highlight some top 25 matchups tomorrow. Number 22, Utah is at number 17, Arizona. And Arizona is a one-point favorite at home against the Utes, AJ. Man, this feels like a, a sucker spot. I, I, I sort of lean Arizona here. I think they got a little lucky last week, but it could have just been a letdown spot. Uh, but they may just be running out of steam. I don't know. Uh, Utah had a great effort at Washington, came up short. It, usually Utah is a team that I want to fade on the road, but the mm -hmm. Utes haven't lost to Arizona since 2015. Um, it, Arizona's only covered once in that six-game win streak. I, I, I thought maybe the market would have shaped this game more by now and I'd have a better feel for it, but it's just stuck there at one. I, it's probably going to end up being a pass for me. I lean Arizona. You know, Arizona still has an outside shot at the Pac-12 yep. title game. But then again, there's a lot of teams that have that outside shot at the Pac-12 title game. Number one, Georgia is at number 18, Tennessee, and the Bulldogs laying 10. Georgia's coming off their most impressive win of the season. They, it, What they did to Ole Miss, I, I think like it, no one made a big deal out of it, but Ole Miss is a really good team. 
and Georgia humiliated them a week after they beat Mizzou, which is a good win at this point. Meanwhile, Tennessee was coming off their, you know, their midseason bye, the SEC bye, I like to call it, where they they played UConn in the middle of their conference season. Uh, and they were coming, coming up, Mizzou was coming off the Georgia game and Mizzou beat them down like they stole something. Georgia dominates this matchup. They've won six straight. They've won 11 of the last 13. In the last six years, the six straight winners for Georgia, the closest game has been 14 points. Wow. You, you can't really run on this Georgia team, so you're asking Milton to go win it with his arm? I, there's no way. I, give, me, give me the dogs here. We have uh, another top 25 matchup. Hold on. By the way, give me the Bulldogs, not, not Tennessee, yes. the, the underdogs. Give me, yes. give me Georgia. We have number 21, Kansas State, at number 25, Kansas. Kansas State laying nine and a half points. Yeah, and the line has moved to a point where it says Cole Ballard is likely to play. Uh, he doesn't. He's a walk-on. You're talking about a freshman walk-on playing in this game that Kansas mm-hmm. State generally dominates anyway. Um, I, I think Kansas State blows him out if he's the guy on the field. I, I won't make a bet until I, I'm certain, until they say Cole Ballard's a starter. We've talked about Jason Bean. He's a very serviceable backup. He could start for a lot of of uh, P five teams in the country, but there's a I think there's a pretty big downgrade here uh, to Cole Ballard. So, um, it, Kansas State hasn't lost to Kansas since two thousand eight. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, yeah. If I again, if I had to play this game right now, I, I'd still even at the inflated number, I'd still look at Kansas State. And your Saturday night game on ABC, number five, Washington, at number 11, Oregon State. And is this a system play, AJ? The number 11, Oregon State Beavers, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the DraftKings Sportsbook at home against the number five undefeated Huskies. I don't know if we count it as a system play, but I I love Oregon State here. Um, This is a team that I hyped up all preseason. I said – they can run on everybody in this conference and in a conference where not a lot of teams have focused on stopping the run. That's a dangerous thing. Washington has maybe the biggest issue of stopping the run, right? Well, them and USC, uh, they cannot stop it. The reason the USC game with Washington was close was because the Trojans ran for 203 yards, seven and a half yards per carry. Oregon ran for over five yards per carry. Arizona state ran for four and a half yards per carry. Uh, and what Oregon State's done is they've they've shown a willingness to have DJU take shots down the field when you drop your safeties. And he hasn't thrown a pick in five games. They trust him more now. Um, I, I love this Oregon State squad in this spot. Uh, it, they've got the better special teams. They've got a better pass rush. Uh, they're, they're much cleaner from a penalty standpoint. And there hasn't been an unbeaten Pac-12 champ since 2010 when it was the Pac-10. That was Oregon. So I, I, I think Oregon State, this is the time where they make a statement. For a full breakdown of the top 25, make sure to listen to the College Football Dream Preview on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast. Feed. One game in top 25 action last night, and Houston got a 65-49 win over Towson. Do not get the cover. Houston actually outscored Towson 37-17 to in the first half. Towson 32-28 in the second half. So, uh... Did not keep it going, and Towson gets themselves a nice cover against UH, who UH goes to 4-0 overall there in Charleston. Houston back in action today uh, in the second round of the uh, the Charleston Classic, the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. Houston a 7.5-point favorite against Utah. 
Uh, the first game of the day, though, is Georgia and Miami. That is in the Bahamas. That is a 12.30 Eastern start time, or excuse me, 12.30 Pacific start time. Uh, Miami minus seven against Georgia. The over 155 and a half is my favorite play in that game. Miami has been killing over so far this season. I think Georgia helps them out on that. The Duke Blue Devils in the Blue Devil Challenge, not much of a challenge today. Bucknell, 33 and a half point favorites are the Blue Devils, um, but, you know, it is the Blue Devil Challenge. Butler is catching eight and a half at Michigan State in the uh, the Gavit games. Kentucky playing Stonehill. There's no line on that game because Stonehill's not a real place. James Madison minus eight and a half hosting Radford. Texas A&M minus 20 and a half against Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, who was a, a, a beast for the last couple of years, but lose Max Asmus, who was one of the best players in the country. He's now at Texas. Uh, Oral Roberts off to a poor start this season. Arkansas minus 15 and a half against UNC Greensboro. North Carolina. Uh, is taking on UC Riverside. They are 22.5-point favorites are the Tar Heels. Alabama, minus 29.5. That is a campus game hosting Mercer. Illinois, 29.5, hosting Valpo. And Maryland is at Villanova. Villanova, minus 6.5. I don't like this Villanova team. I don't know who decided to rank them. As soon as they got ranked, they lost to a, a... an Ivy League school. They lost to Penn. This is not a good team. Kyle Neptune is not doing a good job at Villanova. Maryland started out one and two. I think they've got a massive coaching edge here with Kevin Willard, and these are two of the slowest teams in the country, and I'm catching almost a touchdown with Maryland. I think Maryland might be a good look in this game, and closing out the card is Arizona, minus 24 and a half against a school that I once matriculated at. Belmont. Uh, so Arizona, I, this is not a, a, a classic Belmont team that's uh, that's feisty. I, I think Arizona in for a good smash spot here. Well, it is a Friday in November, AJ, and that means NBA in-season tournament group stage will resume tonight. Here's what your schedule looks like. The Knicks are at the Wizards. Knicks are laying six and a half on the road. The Bucks laying eight points on the road at the Hornets. The Kings, six and a half point favorites at the Spurs. Yeah, I uh, I ran this by, I run all my NBA plays by McKenzie. I had another winner with him last night uh, with with the, the Thunder. But I like Sacramento's team total here, over 121 and a half. Uh, when Fox has played, they've covered. They beat that number four out of five times. That's McKenzie gave me that info. I just thought, you know, Fox is playing. The Spurs have maybe the worst defense in the league, and he told me four four out of the five games that Fox has played, they've gone over this number. So against San Antonio, who is is really really rough on defense, it's a big number, one twenty one and a half. But I think the Kings get over that number. The Sixers just a one point favorite at the Hawks, and uh, this line is probably going to move. Joel Embiid is questionable for this game with some hip soreness. Kelly Oubre uh, out uh, as well. Shop the around. Pistons, yep, Pistons are at the Cavs. Cleveland minus eight and a half. Celtics minus six and a half at the Raptors. The Nuggets, four-point favorites at the Pelicans. The Bulls laying one at home against the Magic. Lakers, seven and a half point favorites at the Blazers. Suns are laying five at the Jazz. And the Clippers, five and a half point favorites at home against the Rockets. AJ, I'll ask you, are we fading the Clippers once again as they have yet to win a game since acquiring James Harden? They have to win a game eventually. 
I'd expect Harden to want to give his best effort against the Rockets, but I don't know, man. This is a that's a tough call to make, and the, the Rockets have taken some money. This open six and a half. Uh, Rockets now catching five and a half. So the market agrees with you that, that James Harden is going to continue to suffer. Just three games on the ice, including one day game as the Global Series continues in Stockholm, Sweden, as the Maple Leafs will battle with the Red Wings today. Yesterday, it was the Red Wings losing to the Senators in Sweden, but they were they fell behind three nothing after the first period and then scored four goals in the second period to tie the game, and it wound up going to overtime where the Senators won 5-4. So does that effort make Detroit a tired team today, or does it make does it give them the advantage? They know how the puck bounces off the boards in, on the ice, and maybe in the first period they'll be better than the Leafs. Uh, anyway, the Leafs are heavy favored, minus 170 up on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. And then tonight, the Sabres are at the Jets. Winnipeg, a minus 180 favorite. And Florida playing the second out of a back-to-back. They are minus 166 favorites at the Ducks. UFC back here in the Apex tomorrow night here in Las Vegas. And Brendan Allen, Paul Craig is the main event. Brendan Allen, a healthy favorite. But I'm going to go with a prop that gets me some plus money here. Brendan Allen's only had one knockout in the last five years it was against the current champion sean strickland uh, but i'm gonna go brendan allen by ko tko or dq at plus 135 paul craig is a really tough guy to figure out he has a way of pulling wins out of what seem to be sure losses he's very effective at getting submissions off his back but this style is very dangerous it opens you up to eat a lot of offense allen is the much better stand-up fighter And if it goes to the mat, he prioritizes establishing good position to unload damage. He doesn't look for submissions. Often guys get caught in submissions when they're looking for their own. Uh, So he's rarely in a position to get caught in something silly. He's getting better in every outing. And Craig's fluky game doesn't seem like it should work as much as it has. These are very low percentage moves that he's pulled off. It's almost like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eventually that luck's got to run out. So I'm going to say he gets pounded out here. That happened the last time he he lost. He got pounded out on the ground trying to go for a silly submission off his back. I'll say Brendan Allen does that. Plus 135 is the payout. So Brendan Allen by KO, TKO, or DQ. If you want to purchase AJ's UFC card or maybe a college football best bet, NBA best bet, NFL, anything on pregame.com, you could take $15 off by using our promo code SPECIAL15. SPECIAL15 is the promo code to save $15 at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. And yeah.